Welcome back to Titans Time, the tailor-made podcast for all Tennessee Titans fans. Welcome back. I'm your host, Tanner Staggs, joined here by my co-host, Tyler Staggs. Uh, We didn't have time to do uh, a podcast last week, so we're kind of picking up this week with a lot of information that's come at us. A lot of stuff has happened, and the Titans, just the the look of the team for next season has really changed. Yes, it has. Uh, Like you said, we didn't have time last weekend to record and... I mean, really, this week there has been a lot of free agency uh, stuff going on uh, regarding who the Titans have released, the Tannehill deal, uh, what the Titans are going to do with Derrick Henry. Along Looks like with, as of now they they've franchise tagged him until further notice. The, you know they have been. You know, there's several other things. Uh, you know, several other players, I guess I should say, that have really, not necessarily all of them have changed the landscape for the Titans, but because a lot of familiar faces are coming back, but there's also, you know, a new face or two. A new face or two and some people that aren't coming back. Uh, Among those, Delaney Walker, Ryan Suckup, Cameron Wake, Deion Lewis. Uh, Of course, we will hit on Jarrell Casey and Jack Conklin later on. Uh, But for now, um, Deion Lewis, I think most people probably saw this coming. We, I was pulling for it to happen. You know, I mean, we kind of predicted it, and it made sense financially. And as far as a winning standpoint, he just he wasn't making enough of a difference to justify him staying. Uh, Cameron Wake, you know, we kind of touched on that. The issues with him are it's really just comes down to age. Um, Ryan and along, Suckup, along with his age, if he would be able to stay healthy for an entire season, yeah, and that kind of goes hand in hand. I feel like um, Ryan Suckup. You know, basically, that just comes down to injuries as well. And Delaney Walker, who is... Out of everyone, I'm going to miss him the most. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He um, was definitely... He definitely did a lot of great things in the Titans. Let me rephrase. Out of everyone that the Titans released, he's going to be missed the most. Um, He definitely had a lot of good moments. In a Titans jersey, he uh, scored a lot of touchdowns. And, well, one more person that I guess we haven't mentioned, Marcus Mariota, you know, he caught a lot of passes from that guy. And they're both not going to be in Nashville next year. Um, they're going to be missed. You know, I think we were in better hands with Tannehill and Henry kind of leading the way. I, I agree with that. And best of luck to Mariota with the Raiders. You know, I, I really and do. Best, hope, best of luck to all these guys. Right, I, I do the hope the best for Lewis. I do hope <laughs> the best for them. Uh, you know, with Delaney Walker, it does come back to. I feel like with the injuries the past couple years and his age, it makes sense that the Titans released him. 
So yeah, yeah, and, and I mean Deion Lewis, he's he's a good running back. It's just I don't think he's a fit here. Just like Marcus Mariota, it's debatable. Uh, depending on who you are, your stance on Mariota might, you know, be different. But you know, he's a, he's a good quarterback. He's better than some of the starting quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I just don't think it was a good fit. So now, the first thing that broke, you know, and this was. Last weekend, a big, big contract has been given to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, ESPN reporter Jeff Darlington on Twitter kind of broke down the contract. 2020 is 17.5 million fully guaranteed. That is way below what, you know, most top 10 quarterbacks are making. Uh, Of course, most contracts are backloaded, meaning. You know, most of the money that's paid is in the later years. Uh, twenty twenty one is twenty four and a half million fully guaranteed. So that's a seven million dollar increase from those two years. Justifiable because of what I said. You know, top ten quarterbacks are, are making somewhere in that range. Twenty twenty two is twenty nine million guaranteed for injury at signing and fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the 2022 league year. 2023 is $27.5 million. Let's kind of explain what this means uh, in, in our, well, the best we can understand it. To me, this basically can give the Titans an out after two years if Ryan Tannehill is not living up to the expectations that they wanted from him. So basically what I'm getting from it is so the league year begins, you know, so the the season ends and then the next league year begins sometime in like March or something. You know, somewhere around there. So after the 5th day of the league year, after that second season, he has 29 million guaranteed for that 2022 season two seasons from this next upcoming season. As long as they cut him before that, they have an out. So essentially this can be this is this there's an option for this to be a two-year contract. So to me it's a smart move because if Tannehill still has a lot in the tank at that point, two years from now, quarterback contracts, I mean, I don't I would don't know what I'll guess where they'll be at, but Mahomes is going to break the bank. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is going to set the, you know, he's going to set the the pace for quarterback contracts for the next five years. I mean, he's going to have $40 million per year. If not higher. Yeah, I mean. I mean, just depending on when the Chiefs decide to go ahead and extend him, there, like you said, there's no telling what uh, – the number for quarterbacks could jump to just because of what he has been able to do already so far in the league. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's like old, and we saw the contract that he just got. I mean, it's like $25 million guaranteed per year. Right. Something like that. Anyways, I think this is smart because if after that second year, Tannehill is still a top-10 quarterback, we still think he's got some left in the tank, you know, and 
I'm not sure exactly how old he'll be, but I would assume, you know, if he's still playing at a high level, then, you know, he'll have a couple more years in him. You know, his contract's going to be relatively cheap at that point if we want to keep him on. But say he's not producing, say we've drafted a, a Jalen Hurts or maybe, you know, maybe somebody next year. Um, we might feel good enough to let go of Tannehill after that second year. But, you know, I wouldn't be attached to that if, if I was a Titans fan. You know, as a Titans fan, I'm not attached to that because, you know, you look at that $29 million now and you're like, God, that's expensive. But in in two years, it's going to be nothing, you know? Especially with the new CBA being passed. I mean, with what they are projecting the salary cap to go up to over the next couple of years. It's insane. Right. $29.5 million is you don't know what these players are going to be making right it's just going to be a drop in the bucket it's exponential from here i mean it's crazy um you know not long after we got the ron Tannehill news we got finally some news on derrick henry um tyler go ahead and you know fill us in all right so the titans decided to franchise tag derrick henry sadly at first, I was very upset with this news, but after I sat back and looked at it a little bit more, <clears throat> with they knew once the new CBA went into effect that they could only use either the franchise tag they or transition tag. Couldn't use them both. Do you right. know? Do you know if this was the exclusive or non-exclusive? It is the non-exclusive. The non-exclusive, which meaning? means other teams can negotiate with Derrick Henry. And before you touch on, you know, the details of the franchise tag, how do you feel about about that? About which part? About other teams being able to negotiate with him. It can be for me being a Derrick Henry fan and wanting him to stay with the Titans, I am a little torn on it because while I kind of wish that they would have used the exclusive franchise tag so that they would be the only ones getting to negotiate with them. With the non-exclusive and these other teams getting to negotiate, if the Titans want to, they can match the contract being offered by other teams, which means they could possibly get Derrick Henry at a cheaper price. But at the same time, they could if another team comes back higher than what the Titans are wanting to pay him per year, then they may not match it. And while we will get... He's gone. While we could get two first-round draft picks back That's what I was going to kind of hit on here in just a second. It's not the end of the world if we happen to lose him. Because... It's not, but at the same time... And there is a lot of emotion going into this because he did lead the league in Russian this past year, and he did carry us in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. He carried us in the playoffs. I, I don't think anybody would argue with that. You know? And yeah, that's, like I said, I was not real happy when I first heard the news of them franchise tagging him, but I'm looking at it like I'm hoping that the reason that they done this is because it now gives them until July 15th 
to be able to work out a longer-term contract with him. Um, I think it's a smart move because I think it's John Robinson's way of kind of making sure we get uh, something from Derrick Henry, you know, whether because, you know, I'm hearing I'm hearing these different things, you know, we might can get two draft picks um, and we can match offers. Uh, even if nobody offers him, we've got him for a year at 10, 10.3. Um, the official franchise tender for running backs in 2020 is 10 million, 278,000. Hmm. So 10.3 million essentially. And that's, um, you know, per Teron Davenport. Um, and that's, that's if the Titans do not work out some kind of deal with Henry before July 15th. I think that's, you know, I think it's a high possibility. What could you see them possibly, you know, what kind of deal could you would you guess that they would work out? For me, as I've thought about it more, I would like to see them do maybe just a three-year deal with the first two fully guaranteed with the kinda, first two kind of worked out like Ryan Tannehill where right if got he that out if he does end up falling off in the next two years they have an out before the third year you could even set it up exactly like Ryan Tannehill's where it's a four-year and they still have that out after the second year they could um I wouldn't complain I wouldn't either because I mean, running backs do get a lot of wear and tear on them. But I have said this many times before on you know other podcasts that we've done that I just don't see Derrick Henry being like other running backs. The guy just gets better as the game goes along. And yes, part of that could be because the defense gets tired, but at the same time, it's like he never gets tired it's like in the he's game. going to be the Tom Brady of of running backs. I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to me the Tom Brady of running backs would have to be could, Frank Gore because Could you imagine a 42-year-old Derrick Henry? I mean, if he's still rushing for 1500 yards a year, I would take 1200 yards a year if he was 42 years old. 42 maybe. years old and still stiff arming people like he does. Um so but one thing that does I feel like hurt Derrick Henry's case for getting a longer term contract. Is that he's a contact running back? Well, not just that, but I mean, look at what the Rams just done and releasing Todd Gurley. And now the Falcons have signed like him. They had to lose a lot of money on that, a lot of guaranteed money. You know. The the Rams. The Rams. They actually saved, I believe, like Ten and a half million by cutting him when oh, they really? did. So uh, he was owed ten and a half more million on the day that they cut him, but they cut him before prior to the deadline. Prior to the deadline, and now he has signed with the Falcons. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what his contract is with the Falcons. I believe it's a one year deal though. But then you also have a running back like Melvin Gordon who was looking for an extension going into this past year, held out until about halfway through the season. 
you know, come back and I guess for missing half a season. Did as well as you could do with, you know, not right. being in football shape. But it took it took a little bit longer time for a team to pick him up. Yeah. So I feel like just those cases right there doesn't help Derrick Henry's situation out any. But I do feel like the Titans are still trying to work out some type of long-term deal with him. And I I mean, who knows? Maybe they were just focused on Ryan Tannehill at first, and it took them until the day before they had to make a decision on the franchise tag to get that deal done. And then they didn't have enough time to really negotiate with Henry. Yeah, I mean that is a very good possibility. Is they just ran out of time, and they they may have told Henry, "Okay, we're going to put this on you, so that we can keep negotiating with you, and we want to work out a long term deal with you because we know Derrick Henry has said that he wants to stay with the Tennessee Titans." Yeah, and I don't think we've heard anything from him since he's had the tag put on him the only thing i have seen is him posting more workout videos of even though the the gyms are closed this man is out in the streets the streets working um so now we got Derek henry on the franchise tag possibly going to sign into a long-term deal um there's been some questions about who's gonna block for him on the right side over there uh and we kind of we kind of knew when the tag got put on henry that conklin was gonna be gone see i I always kind of thought that conklin you know already had something worked out elsewhere um you know we'd heard it was the jets but the browns i haven't actually seen the full contract details on that but you know what whatever um Dennis Kelly is going to be the guy who, you know, he, he's going to be the right tackle next season, uh, you know, with, if there's not any injuries. Uh, he's the heaviest person to score a touchdown in the AFC Championship. I've thrown that out before. He uh, His contract is three years. Uh, this is according to overthecap.com. It's three years for $17.25 million. The first year is about three and a half to $3.6 million. And then, then it moves up to six and a half and then seven. They also have a way to get, you know, get some easy outs there uh, if he's not producing or if they you know, somehow grab somebody through the draft. Um, I don't have a lot to say about Dennis Kelly. I don't think it's a bad signing, and I definitely don't think you know he's going to be a weak link over there. You know, he's not Jack Conklin, but it's a familiar face over there that knows the system, kind of has some chemistry with the rest of the line. So, you know, I I don't have anything bad to say about it. I don't uh, either. I feel like. You know, like you said, you're bringing someone back that has been in the system. They've they've played over there, and I mean, really, I'm like you. I don't know the exact details of Conklin's contract that he got with the Browns, but I do know that Dennis Kelly's contract is a lot cheaper than 
what Conklin got. So it did help the Titans out in saving some cap room. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so now let's talk about someone that's not a familiar face. And kind of adding on to, you know, we were talking about the Falcons with Todd Gurley earlier, a one-year prove-it deal. Let's kind of bring that to Nashville. Where the Titans are doing from the Falcons who's getting a one-year prove-it deal. Talk a little bit about Vic Beasley, the edge rusher uh, from Atlanta that the Titans kind of, you know, put a a one-year prove-it deal on. Not going to lie, whenever I first got the news that the Titans had signed Vic Beasley, I wasn't sure how to feel about it because he was a guy that wasn't really on my radar for them I'd to sign. I had mentioned it. You, you had mentioned it. He was on a on, one-year prove-it deal. I had mentioned signing him to a one-year prove-it deal. I, I got to give it to you. Yeah. But I just, I was not big on him. Um, but after I started looking deeper into the actual contract details, I do feel like overall this was a decent signing by the Titans. According to Ian Rappaport, he has received a one-year deal worth $9.5 million guaranteed and possibly going up to $12 million. So... You may not know the answer to this, but I'm just kind of curious as to when they would have to cut him by to only pay nine and a half. Maybe like, you know, early offs, you know. That part I do not have the answer to. Um, I do. Either, Either way. Either way. I do feel like this is going to help out the Titans edge rush. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, and the one-year prove-it deal is, I I mean, like you pretty much predicted, this was the way to go with him. See if he can get back to his 2016 form and where he, in 2016, he had 15 and a half sacks and six forced fumbles. You know, if that is the Vic Beasley we are getting in this one-year deal, this signing is going to be one of the best signings of this past offseason. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you hear a lot about him being one-dimensional. But I definitely think with how good some of these Titans coaches, you know, Mike Vrabel um, and, 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 you know, Jim Hazlitt, not saying that he would, you know, directly be coaching Vic Beasley, but, you know, just seeing how well – they can develop players, um, you know, it gives you some hope for maybe he can improve a little bit in those categories. And even if he's not great, if he's just average, we really just need that pass rush. We need to be able to get back there and sack the quarterback without Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship with 15 seconds, then he rolls out, spins off, you know. Runs for 30 yards for a touchdown. Yeah, you know, hopscotch, dives into the end zone right before halftime. It's just ridiculous. Like, now we have someone. Make it to where he cannot flex on us. From Harold Landry that can get back there. You know, not saying some of those other guys, you know, 
Correa and Derek Roberson, you know, they definitely made some big plays, but we were rushing we, three. We just need some more. We need that, more. That's basically all we done that whole game was we rushed three. And they could not get to Mahomes. Like you said, he had all the time in the world back there. Um again though, this is this is a contract that I feel like does not hurt the Titans because it's not like they have money tied up in this guy for four or five years. Exactly. You know, it's it's one year, bring him in, see if he can make a difference, help the team out. If he can, then, you know, next off season, maybe we see like a two or three year deal for him. Yeah. But if he doesn't help the team or if they see that his attitude is going to be bad then, like it has been at times. Like it has been at times. Then you don't have to worry about bringing him back. Talk to us a little bit about a guy that we're losing on the defensive line. Jarrell Casey. We've traded him away for a sack of marbles. So just kind of elaborate on that a little bit. I was very shocked whenever I heard this news. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of big news happen this past week. And, you know, I've been keeping my Instagram and Twitter just refreshed like crazy, trying to see what the Titans are going to do next. But whenever I get the notification that they have traded Jarrell Casey to the Broncos for a seventh-round pick, I'm sitting here thinking, like, really? Like, Casey has kind of Maybe been, it's all they could get someone to, to give up to take on his contract. And it may be. That very well could be it. But me being the, you know, the big Titans fan that I am and having Jarrell Casey here for so long, you know, I just felt like he was worth more than that. Uh, you know, he's a five-time pro bowler. With the Titans losing him, and some of the other positions that they've lost. Um, let's kind of, I guess, not make some predictions, but you know, how do we hope the rest of the free agency is going to pan out? I'm going to let you talk first because I feel like I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to be honest with and you. And you have nothing. Now, at this point, I'm really not 100% sure where I want the Titans to go next. Obviously, I feel like they need to replace Jarrell Casey in some way because while they did gain an edge rusher in Vic Beasley, you've lost a man in they the middle now. they got to keep the, the interior strong. Exactly. And I know a lot of people have been throwing around uh, Jadavion Clowney's name. Not for the interior. You know. No, Well, I mean, just... I don't know, though. If you look at what... If with, you look at his time at South Carolina... If you just get, um, and I mean, I'm sure many people have seen this. Just watch the Michigan clip. I mean, he could. You're talking maybe, about you're talking about one clip. I know, but it's scary. <laughs> it is scary. Um, my biggest thing is Davion Clowney versus Michigan. I'm sure everybody's seen it, but if you haven't, it it doesn't seem so impossible for him to you know play like a. a 
Yeah, you know, play that play that into your, your like how he should play position. every down. Uh, you know, I mean, let's be honest. Does he really go as hard as he can every play? It's debatable. D- does he have a bad attitude? He has a sometimes? terrible attitude. I think it's worse than Vic Beasley's, and that's why I don't want to sign him. And I'm agreeing with you. I'm not big but on. But you did want to sign him a couple weeks ago. I did. I thought that he could make a difference. But now that the Titans have already added Vic Beasley as an edge rusher, I do not. Is Vic Beasley enough? What if he doesn't pan out? Then we're in the same boat without Jarrell Casey. Do you know how much cap room the Titans have left right now? Mid-20s something, 20-something million. Okay, so we know that Jadavion Clowney has come out and said. That he wants a lot of money. He wants $20 a year. So if the Titans were to sign him, you're talking about having eight million left in cap for this year. That doesn't give much wiggle room for Derrick Henry a new contract. I mean, well, uh, but obviously that's already ten million accounted for him, though. It is, but you also have to think about how much money they need to be able to carry into the draft. Also, with this new for, CBA, each player on a minimum deal. Goes from like five hundred and ten thousand to six hundred and ten thousand. Exactly. So you, so you have to leave some cap for them. There's a lot of things going into effect there, like and players yes. in the draft, and you know. All right, say just roughly that the Titans did extend Derrick Henry, even if he gets bumped up to say where it averages out to like thirteen million a year, you already go from if you sign Clowney, you go from having eight million left to five which to five. Is cut. I mean, cutting it's, it close. Yes, for that's the draft, going to be for these. I don't know if it's enough. That's going to be borderline. Uh, I'll tell so, you two guys I'd like to have. Let's hear them. DJ Reader. All right. Um, you know he would fill that interior line position. Good run stuffer. Um, can can play the pass rush. You know he can he can rush the passer pretty well. He's big guy. You know, seems like a good fit. Um. One guy I would really like to have, but I'm kind of nervous about his age. We would be replacing one old cornerback in Logan Ryan with another old cornerback, but he is notorious for being one of the best slot cornerbacks in the league. Chris Harris Jr. from the Denver Broncos. You know, they forced him to play that outside corner position. But that's not his expertise. So that's why you kind of see okay, a production you... drop-off. Maybe they could get him for a little bit cheaper, move into the slot. You have Malcolm Butler on the outside. You have Adoree Jackson on the outside. It, you know, but, but do you go for an older guy like that, or do you target someone in the draft? Why not both? Why can't you have both and kind of, you know, Mix and match, you know, see which coverages work in different situations. You know, if you can get Chris Harris for a little bit of a discounted price, then grab someone in the draft. Not saying it has to be the first round. Remember, Mike Vrabel in his press conference uh, before the combine mentioned some of the longer cornerbacks that are going to be available later in the draft. So you already know that he's paying attention to that. Well, and you can look at other cornerbacks in the league that have been very successful that were not taken in the first round. Cornerbacks aren't drafted high, really. I mean, just 
you know it, it they have to be a very special talent or Jeff game Okuda. right or game changer yeah. to yeah, definitely really be considered because for that if, first you, if round. you think about it you're not as a cornerback especially a good cornerback you're not thrown at that much I mean yeah it is valuable to eliminate that side of the field your Darrell Revises, your Josh Normans. Yeah, but how many of those do you actually see in the league that Not are many. that lockdown? Not many. Corner. Even Richard Sherman, one of the best in the league, is a, he's his own guy. He's not, you know, Revis Island. There has not been another cornerback since Darrell Revis that could put a wide receiver on an island with no help from a safety and be effective. So, you know, and, until there's another guy like that, I, you know, I couldn't say drafting support, support um, drafting a cornerback that high. But anyways, you know, find a cornerback later in the draft, sign Chris Harris, or, you know, sign DJ Reader, draft a quarterback early. All right, let me ask you this, uh, just to kind of throw this out there. Do you think the... Because obviously we threw Clowney's name out Another there. Another interior guy, Devil Gallimore, had a great combine. Could be a late first-round pick. He's out of Oklahoma. I like him also. Anyways. I was going to say if we possibly want another edge rusher, how do you feel about the Titans possibly giving up some draft picks to go after one of these guys that have been franchise tagged by other teams? I, I don't know. I, I don't like that, really. Um, I mean, if they were going to do that, I want them... I mean, I would really want it to be like a sure thing of they know that this guy can come in and perform. And then you had to sign him back after the franchise tag. So, I mean... Well, more than likely, they would go ahead and, if they traded for him... Extend him. Extend him to a contract. If they're gonna give you up, know, and, if they're but, gonna give up the assets for them, they're gonna make sure that they have them for more than just one year. But I mean, look at Seattle. You know, I'm sure they thought they might extend Clowney, um, and here we are. You know, so many months later, and he's a free agent. So, um, anyways, do you have anything else? Don't think I have. Anything I don't else. believe I have anything else other than the fact that. You should check out our website, titanstimepodcast.com. You should check us out on Twitter at titans underscore time. You should subscribe to the podcast. And leave us a five-star review. And also leave us some comments. Let us know how we're doing. And let us know if there's anything else that you'd like for us to talk about. With that being said, this has been Titans Time. We're looking forward to some more information in the coming weeks to see how... Your 2021 Super Bowl champion Tennessee Titans are going to look next season.